Hello and welcome to the new Skills for Learning podcast with me, Laura Key. And me, Miles Mitchard. And today we're going to be talking about understanding your feedback. So when you receive assignments, you always get those nice little bits of text from your tutor explaining to you what you've done well and perhaps what you could have improved on. But it's not always so easy to navigate what it is they're asking you to do, is it, Miles? No, it, it can be something that you need to spend some time looking at in a bit of detail and maybe talking to someone else about, uh, which we'll address later on. Yep, definitely. Um, I think there's almost this perception that we should automatically know exactly what's being asked for, for from us when we get this sheet of feedback um, or this virtual sheet of feedback these days. Um, but it can be quite complicated and it can be asking you to do quite a lot of different things. So hopefully we're going to sort of look at some of those different areas and talk about what they might mean uh, today. So um, I think critical thinking is always a big one. I think most people who have studied at some level at university have been told at some point you need to think more critically. Um, but it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, how, how might you go about demonstrating that critical thinking if it turns out you're not sort of doing it to the standard that's expected? Yeah, it is, it is really tricky, isn't it? Um, it? It is one of those ubiquitous terms uh, in higher education, isn't it? But it's it's mm. sometimes difficult to see exactly what's required. But I think it's really important to look at that feedback and then look back through the assignment and ask yourself, mm. okay, how, if I were to do this again, could I go beyond description at any point? In other words, is there anywhere where I've just given information but not really got into my position with regard to that information? Mm, yeah, I think that's a really good tip, this idea of, um, you know, if you're just describing, so basically just uh, repeating an idea you've maybe read somewhere or, or that you've taken from your lecture notes. Your tutors are wanting you to do a bit more than that and think about those ideas in a bit more detail and perhaps, you know, question those ideas and think about how they relate to other bits of material you've looked at as well. So it, I think it's, a lot of it's about questioning, isn't it, when it comes to critical analysis? Yeah, absolutely. Asking the questions uh, of the the information, the sources that you're engaging with, that you're reading, thinking carefully about uh, those things in order to, to come to conclusions, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I, I always think a nice easy tip, sort of an easy way into critical thinking is to ask yourself, so what? You know, when you make a key point uh, and then you introduce the evidence and that's all really good. But then so what? What does it mean? How does this help you to answer the question that's been set? So I think, you know, if there's something you struggle with, that can be quite a nice way of addressing that problem. You know, make sure you're asking, so what? Why is it significant? Yeah, absolutely. Um and just to mention, there are some really useful tips on that topic on the critical thinking page of the Skills for Learning website. Yeah, and the Skills for Learning website, if uh, if you can't find it, is easily accessible via the library tab in My Beckett. So that's a really good place to skip to our resources easily without needing to know website addresses and things like that. I think sort of related to that um, idea of, you know, making sure you do the analysis is, you know, we can sometimes get comments as well about structure. And there are two elements to that, aren't there? There's sort of paragraph level structure, so how you're putting together individual paragraphs, but then also the overall structure of your assignment, you know, the beginning, the middle, the end, and what you put where. Um, 
and that can sometimes be a trick. I mean, if you're literally just told unclear structure, I mean, what kind of strategies, Miles, do you think that students might be able to use to address that and make some positive changes? Well, I think it might be a question of, of looking back through that particular assignment and trying to kind of boil down what it is that's said within it. Uh, so in a way, kind of doing a plan in reverse yeah. so that you can see what the outline is. And that way you might spot, oh, actually, yeah, this third point here isn't really relevant or maybe I should have changed the order of the points that I'm making. So then that can feed into your next bit of assignment work uh, whereby you do a, a neat bullet point plan and get it all organized, get it to a point that you're happy with in terms of the things you want to say before you start to flesh it out with, uh, with neat, tidy uh, sentences and paragraphs. Definitely. I mean, in an ideal world, it's always good to start with a plan, isn't it, when you um, approach any kind of assignment? And uh, that I think that really does help so to keep your mind on track. But um, I guess it's not just about the, the planning. It's also about making sure you're doing some of those sort of editing, you know, drafting, redrafting processes as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think paying attention to structure at different levels is, is mm. really important when you're doing that. So making sure that the overall structure of the piece makes sense. If it's an argument-based one, that that argument flows from point to point to point up to the conclusion, uh, but also making sure that your paragraphs are well-structured. Uh, you know, there are some, some neat yeah. little, I don't want to say tricks, but things to bear in mind with regards to paragraph structure that can be really uh, helpful. For example, the peel structure, yeah. uh, which you can read about, uh, again, on the, on the Skills for Learning website. Yeah, I mean, Peel's a great one at any level. I actually um, had uh, some postgraduate students asking me today uh, in a class I was teaching, can we still use Peel? And I mean, absolutely, yes. Um, it's not the only way to structure an essay, but it, or to structure a paragraph, but it just gives you that nice route in, I think, to make sure that you're including you know, your key point, your evidence, and that you're analysing that evidence. So just helping you to remember to do all those things and to keep linking back to that question. Um, so I think, you know, it, it is applicable and can be used at any level. Yeah, absolutely. And then getting even smaller than that, it's important to think about sentence structure, you know, mm. making sure that your sentences are grammatically complete, which sounds complicated and I guess uh, can be but really boils down to just making sure that each sentence expresses a complete thought within that paragraph within the essay, as it were. Yeah, and there's a lot to be said, I think, there for aiming for clarity, you know, rather than trying to write in what might be perceived as a really academic way and use um, the kinds of words you might see in published academic papers. You're going to find it far easier to achieve higher marks if your tutor can understand what you're talking about. So sometimes it's almost taking a step back from that more um, sort of what you might perceive to be high level academic language and just making sure your ideas come through clearly. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to sound like I'm sort of just relentlessly hammering away at one point here, but that does <laughs> bring us back to the question of planning. You know, if, mm. if you're able to look at the evidence and figure out what you want to say about it and pay really close attention to guidance that you've had with regard to structure, then you're going to be better able to know at any given point exactly what it is that you want to say. You'll get that clarity and that accuracy in your sentences. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's really important if you've been given that advice of, oh, you haven't got a clear argument, which is another common one that students, I think, are often, I've, I definitely, when I was a student, got essays back saying, where's your argument? Um, and, you know, that's obviously only relevant to certain kinds of assignment. But, um, it, you know, it's important to make sure that you are 
keeping a particular thread going through your assignment and that you're aiming for something, aiming to achieve something regard, regardless of what kind of assignment it is, I think. Um, so, you know, what, what tips might we give to students in terms of, you know, improving an argument throughout an essay or, or an assignment? Well, I would say, you know, at the reading and planning stage, but also at the redrafting stage when you're kind yeah. of checking what you've got written down, have a look at the question have a look at your thesis statement, mm. that bit at the top of the introduction where you set out your main argument for the piece. And you can use Peel again, look at yeah. your paragraphs and say, am I linking back every step yeah. of the way to the question, to my main argument, uh, to make sure that it does all line up, that it is logical? Because it's easy to get lost in the topic mm, uh, and definitely. produce a paragraph or more you know, where uh, it's really interesting, but it's not answering the question and I can hold my hand up I've done that more than once uh, yeah. you know, in, in uh, my time as an undergraduate um, for sure. Well it's tricky isn't it because you get carried away and uh, sometimes you know you can be writing about something that's really really interesting but it just might not be the right thing for this particular assignment. Yeah absolutely absolutely mm. yeah it might be that you can save that bit of writing for, for later on there might be something else that, that it's applicable to. Yeah, so I mean, that in, in terms of that sort of sticking to the question or sticking to the title, um, I think I, that again comes back to this distinction between the sort of larger structure of the piece and then the sort of smaller paragraph level structure as well and making sure you do more than one pass of your work when you've written it, you know, in an ideal world, editing once for sort of, you know, the bigger ideas and then again for the smaller paragraph level issues and making sure everything's linked and, and looks nice and is, you know, all tight, loose ends are tied up. Um, but we don't obviously don't all live in an ideal world. But, you know, just aiming for that is a good thing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is really difficult when you've got lots of things on your plate, more than one assignment and all of the life stuff that you have to deal with as well. Um, and I guess it's not that likely that your feedback from your lecturer on a particular assignment is going to say anything about time management. They don't mm. know uh, how well or how not well you may have managed your time in, in getting that work together for the deadline. But I think quite often it's the case that weak structure, lack of argument, you know, improvements to be made in terms of analysis or whatever might come down to the simple fact that you left it a bit late and, and tried yeah. to pull it off in one draft. Uh, yeah. you know, so you, you then end up with a, with a slightly wobbly piece of writing. I agree. That's a really important one that actually quite a lot of these issues we're talking about do come back to that idea of just managing your time more effectively. And again, we've got resources on the skills for learning website to help with that and what occurs to me as well is just book an appointment with somebody from the library academic support team because they'll be able to really help you you know with things like making sure that you're planning in enough time for various stages of your assignments and what have you yeah absolutely and and we could also help you get to grips with the feedback uh, itself you know because it might not be immediately clear what it means when a lecturer is saying there's an opportunity to be more critical here or there or whatever it might be um, and we could look at that piece of mark work in a bit of detail and maybe highlight examples of places where improvements could be made next time but also I think it's really important to to go back to the lecturer if you have questions yeah. Yeah, about yeah. their feedback and I think mm. there's often reluctance to to do that um, which is which is understandable but you've got an expert there so if you don't quite understand the guidance they've given you, go back and have a chat with them and, and get some more detail. 
I completely agree. And that's something I definitely did during my time as an undergraduate and a postgraduate, you know, definitely used sort of lecture or office hours to go and say, look, can you explain this to me a bit more? You know, what do I need to perhaps do in a different way? Or I don't quite understand which part of the evidence you you're expecting me to do more with or whatever um and i think even if you have actually achieved a reasonable mark on the work it's still helpful to have those conversations and um, because you know there's always going to be room for improvement yeah absolutely I, I suppose we're all conditioned to think in terms of looking at the assignment brief really carefully and, and working out what it is exactly that's being asked for before you get into doing that particular piece of work but I think it's important to look at feedback in a similar way. You know, it's personalised guidance from an expert on how to yeah. ensure that you do well in your in your future work. Um, so, yeah, rather than just kind of chucking it to one side because you've only looked at the grade, whatever it might be, sit down and have a look at that feedback, look back at the assignment. And if there are any questions remaining, go and get more personalised expert advice from from the tutor for sure. Yeah, it's an interesting one. You so I sometimes hear from certain students, well, if I go out and I seek all this extra support, will this look negative? Will this look like I don't know what I'm doing? You know, um, will it reflect badly on me? But it's it's quite the opposite, isn't it? You know, that all this support is there and available to to our students while they're here at the university and please take advantage of it the more you can take advantage of it the better because it's only going to lead to your improved development in terms of your academic success absolutely i think lecturers are delighted when students mm. do what you were describing you you used to do you know ask for a bit more input clarify any guidance uh, you've been given and and so on because you're showing that independence uh, that you really need uh, to succeed at this level uh, you know the more input you can get uh, the better able you're going to be to produce a nice critical essay or report over it might be uh, that's coming up for you next yeah and I think it's a great way to get some feedback you know maybe for those students who find it difficult to speak up in class you know when you're in a larger group and you might have questions but if you actually contact your lecturer and go speak to them one-on-one -on -one, that just you know it's a really nice way of making sure they know that you're engaged and that you're um, you know interested in the ideas that are being talked about and that you're keen to develop your understanding but without necessarily being put on that platform in front of everybody else that some people aren't that keen on. Yeah, absolutely. You, you've got more than one route to to the guidance that you need, haven't you? So it's it's about using the one that's most appropriate uh, for you. So of course, yeah, if you're not comfortable sort of uh, exposing worries in in a group setting, then there's always going to be some way of getting that one-to-one -one advice. Mm. I think you know we've we've covered quite a lot of areas uh, in regard to feedback and, and what we might do about understanding our feedback but the one glaring one that sort of stands out to me that students always say is related to referencing and perhaps including evidence in their work so I mean I don't know Miles have you got any um, you know secret uh, amazing tips for how you can do perfect referencing without putting any effort in whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> Not as yet, but I'll, I'll let you know. Um, it's it's time consuming. Yeah. Uh, the process of, of getting confident with uh, referencing whatever the yeah. system is. Uh, so again, it comes back to time management, which which maybe sounds a little bit boring, but it's really vital. It's, it's um, essential. Yeah. yeah. 
put in that time early on to have a look at the guidance. Um, you know, it's likely to be quote unquote uh, unless you're using an alternative system, but there is guidance on the uh, Leeds Beckett University Library website about how to do your referencing. Uh, you can come along to a referencing workshop on the Skills for Learning Open Workshop program as well. Uh, That's a really good one, yeah, to just get some sort of hands-on advice because I think sometimes when you're sitting, particularly when you're remote learning as well, which some of us still are some of the time, you're sitting at home thinking, I haven't got a clue where to start with this, but just having that support there, being able to speak to somebody else and get them to talk through some examples with you, you know, it's invaluable, I think. Yeah, absolutely, and it bears on that topic of evidence, obviously, doesn't it? Because you need to include appropriate evidence. You need to show the reader where it's come from. Uh, so it is a, a vital skill at this level to make sure you're on top of referencing. And it does take a bit of graft, but I think, you know, the sooner you can get to grips with it, the mm. uh, the better, because, uh, you know, you'll be able to, to do it more quickly and more effectively if you can just build that skill up early on. Yeah, and I think just as important as... Um doing this work to understand your feedback and, and to know what's being asked of you is making some kind of plan to then feed that into your next assignment. So, you know, there are a few stages here, aren't there, of sort of read the feedback, work out what's being asked of you, but then also figure out how you're going to make that happen in reality, because it's not necessarily just going to emerge on the page when you start to write next time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's about having a having a strategy, isn't it? Thinking, you know, how am I going to move forward? Uh, and as you said, uh, you know, it's important to to engage with the feedback, whatever the result was. And, you know, mm. I think it's worth reiterating that it's really important to pay attention to the praise as well. Um, yes. You know, yeah. if, if people are anything like me, they probably look for the negative bit. You know, you skim through it. Where is it where they're saying something bad that I can yeah, feel yeah. bad about it, which is really unhelpful thing to do. Uh, but if your lecturer is saying you know, this was a really effective piece because of X reason, then that's one thing to add to your planning for the for your upcoming work right I need to see how I can do that again yep couldn't agree more so the planning ahead for next time is all about not just looking at what you can improve but what you can retain and maintain as well going forward yep. into your next piece yeah fantastic yeah so I think we've covered a lot of interesting ground there in relation to feedback and I hope it's helpful to some of you out there when you come to get your next bit of work back and of course you can always come and see us in Skills for Learning for a one-to-one -one appointment to talk through that feedback further. So thanks for joining us today and we'll see you again next time. Thank you.